0: Options, 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 options. Starting next week at the NFL Combine, that's what we're all going to be looking at, is options. Good afternoon, everybody. February 22nd, 2024. This is the Style Side Beat, 3 p.m. Eastern, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, live on YouTube later in podcast form. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Crisson. Who's going to man the middle, I think is one of the big questions within the Steelers' defense for the 2024 season and beyond. And as of right now, a couple of veteran options that have gone through injuries and a couple of interesting free agents out there and a couple of interesting rookies out there. I think this is a really fascinating scenario within this room that last year got the cart back on the track, so to speak, after the Devin Bush era concluded. Uh, But now there are certainly options and healthy ones, I think, at that for the pittsburgh steelers
1: yeah it would be it would be good to uh to definitely add a guy um who i mean they this is a position they could kind of double dip here they can address it in free agency and then also add in the draft as well uh i think that that's actually a a good way to go obviously you don't want to reach for one this is not a position in which you need to uh, invest heavy money uh or unless you're getting an absolute stud like a Ryan Shazier type um this is not something you want to spend necessarily a high draft pick on um but uh adding to that room will definitely help uh you know Cole Holcomb uh, as far as we know everything's fine with him in terms of his recovery and that he'll be ready to play uh this uh, you know at the beginning of um of the season you know couple that with Atlanta and Roberts but you need more you, you need more than just those two possible reunion with the quan alexander he looked really good uh that's one one free agent that kind of stands out to me that i like personally uh in terms of uh <laughs> what they what do you mean the hat's not right it's not truck...
0: forward it's not backwards they want oh, you, they want it's you a, backwards
1: it's a it's a it's a trucker hat it's, a, it's supposed to be forward. it's a trucker what's, hat
0: what's the brand of that or um i can't tell premier truck group nice
1: uh, my wife gets a bunch of free hats and stuff at her job. She's a r- recruiter for uh, in trucking and stuff like that right now. So nice. Um, but um, no one guy that I really like uh, in terms of cost and in terms of production is uh, Blake Cashman from uh, from mm-hmm. Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could go for a Patrick Queen type, but you're going to have to spend a lot of money to do that. But Cashman's a really interesting interesting guy. Uh, you know, he's um, he's 27 right now. Uh, but he had five passes de- uh, passes defense last year, uh, recovered a fumble, um, two sacks, yep. uh, a, a, an interception. Thirteen games played. I mean, this is a guy who can be productive. You know, again, you're not having to break the bank to bring him in, but you're adding quality to the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who's played in the league for five years. I, I, I see that working, and then you can go into the to the draft and add add even more to that.
0: There's some other really good free agent options out there that might cost a little more money, like mm-hmm. a Devin White, a Josie Jewell, a Jordan Hicks, I'm, maybe I'm a Lavonte David. You're out on Devin White. Uh, well, it, it,
1: this might be completely unfair to Devin White, but there's just almost any inside linebacker from that draft class. I'm like, just stay mm.
0: away. <laughs> yeah, Devin Bush is also a free agent, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen's also out there. There's there's some yeah. good ones out there. Is the point?
1: Yes, there are. It's might not be quite as deep of a class as last year. Last year was ridiculous, uh, but yes, there is there's quality all up and down the market. You could go top of the market. You could go for Levante David. You could go for Patrick Queen. You could sign those big money guys, and yeah, they'd probably be really good for you. But um, again. As we kind of saw the way the Steelers approach it last year, they didn't go top of the market. They saved their money. Obviously, you know, one of the big money things last year was uh, giving Alex Highsmith his contract extension. Um, they signed Isaac Sayamalu uh, to beef up the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, they could do, and listen, there are other positions on this team that might be worthy, uh, a little bit more worthy of investing a lot of money in. Uh, tackles one of them centers, one of them cornerback is one of them. Um, but do they need to add to this room and add quality? Absolutely. They do for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And look, Patrick Queens on the market, Willie Gay, yeah. just a couple, but I think a more likely route is the draft and more specifically, mm-hmm in the second day of the draft. I think that's the most likely target. If the Steelers aren't going to go top of the line in the free agent market, which I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. Even if, like you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned it right there with Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Orlando Roberts. Like, if you wanted to tear off, T-I-E-R, off the free agents at inside linebacker last year, none of those guys were in the top tier of the available ones. And what the Steelers did was, was they waited, they played that game, and I think they got a really solid mix. And Mike Mike Tomlin at one point called it a luxury at that position when it mm. came to those three. And then, of course, Cole Holcomb tears his ACL. Quan Alexander tears his ACL. Landon Roberts had groin and pec issues towards the late parts of the season. And that room had to be patchworked with, as we said throughout the season, uh, plumbers, Amazon workers, and Pokemon card <laughs> dealers. Yeah. So, like, that, that group was a strength last year. Now, Quan Alexander's a free agent. Alandon Roberts has one year left on his contract. Cole Holcomb has two and Mark Robinson. Let's just be blunt. Has not been anything for the Steelers that they wanted him to be. So yeah, this room needs to be added to over the off season. The question is what's the best Avenue to do it. I think the best Avenue to do it is the draft and specifically when it gets to that day two, day three range. If yeah. you look at the, if you look at the draft class, there's no free there, There's no surefire inside linebackers that are first round prospects. The no. closest one I think you could get to is Jeremiah Trotta Jr. out of Clemson.
1: And see, th- there's even a wide a wide uh, opinion on, on him. Um, right. Yeah, I just, you know, okay, let's be fair here. Let's be fair, because as soon as I bring up PFF, it's like everybody wants to turn it off.
0: Huh.
1: <laughs> but hey, a lot of people are using PFF's mock draft simulator right now. Mm -hmm. and so if you look at their big board of uh uh, of just off-ball linebackers uh shoot trotter is uh one two three he's the fourth linebacker on on the list and (laughs) and he's 82nd on their big board like overall on their big board so that would put him in the third round um so it just, I'm, you bring him up, you keep going about it. I'm just saying like, you even bring that up there. There's, that just goes to show you there's, I don't think there's a consensus like that dude is like the guy to have. Like
0: there's no, it's not like a Jack Campbell situation. I think is what we're looking at. Like from yeah. last year's draft, there's no, there's no clear cut head and shoulders better than anybody else out there. Linebacker. Now I'm a big fan of the mock draft database, which is exactly what mm-hmm. it sounds like. It takes in mock drafts from just about everywhere. And, yeah. and compiles them all into one. And yeah. the top inside linebacker on that board is Edron Cooper out of Texas A&M. It yeah. goes Cooper and then Peyton Wilson out of NC State, who I'm pretty high on, and Trotter. And then it's Junior Colson out of Michigan, Cedric Ray out of North Carolina, and Tommy Eikenberg out of Ohio State. But none of those guys, as of right now, are like projected in the top 50 overall basically so we're talking second round potentially third round when you go get one of those draft eligible linebackers i'm really high on peyton wilson i like his athleticism i like his frame i like his build i like that he's good in coverage and he has a good he has a connection to pittsburgh his brother pitched for the pirates not long ago Uh, he's he's with the s
1: oh yeah yeah okay Um, Mm -hmm. uh, peyton wilson is the number one off-ball linebacker on pffs
0: uh, i believe that i believe that yeah. Um, and then of again, course-
1: not, not to use PFF as like some sort of like be all end all. I'm just, you know, bringing that up because when it comes right. to mock draft simulators, I think the PFF mock draft simulator is like the big one that everybody's using. So let's use their, let's be fair. Let's use their big board too.
0: Sure. Sure. That Teresa uses the same one. See, look, somebody's on board with me. Um, but I, 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 I do, think- I
1: do also look there too. So you're, you're mm-hmm. not,
0: you're not off base there. <laughs> I think, I think Edry Cooper, I think Edry Cooper, Peyton Wilson, um, Eichenberg, Colson, Trotter are like the top five for me. And I think the good thing about that is, is the Steelers might not have to get one until late day two, early day three. And one of those guys can immediately fill in. Like it's, it's not a top heavy linebacker class. I think you're going to see several cornerbacks and defensive tackles and offensive linemen and quarterbacks taken before you see many linebackers go. Like, I don't want to say this is the weakest position in the draft. It might be, but it's also far from being the strongest position in the draft as a whole. So that's why mm-hmm. I, it's, it's interesting, I think, from the standpoint of, do the Steelers go back into familiarity where they went into the inside linebacker market and free agency and pulled off three really good mid-tier linebackers, or do they use a – day two second round third round maybe a day three like a fourth round pick on an inside linebacker that can and i think this is the key that could play right away and that could that could cover well, which is what they need
1: yeah the the only reservation i have um and james uh says can we steal patrick queen from the raisins um well of course because he's a free agent so yeah you offer him the right amount of money then yeah he'll he'll dress up in black and gold i'm you know that's that's a pretty easy uh, solution there. The only problem is, do you want to pay him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and and I even saw someone bring up Devin White. We kind of already went on that. Um, James actually brought up Devin White too. Uh, I, I just not for what you'd have to pay him. I, I don't. I don't think. And Cody says about twenty million for Queen. I don't know if it's quite that much, but it'll be in that ballpark. Yeah, a substantial like, amount. Yeah. Um, Billy uh,
0: mentions uh, Cooper DeGene. By the way report from the athletic today is that he will not be testing at the combine uh he's still rehabbing Ooh. he's still rehabbing uh from a leg injury he's sustained at the end of the year
1: that could hurt the uh hurt the um i mean he'll, he'll probably be there just so he can meet with teams mm-hmm. uh, but if he's not testing that might hurt the draft stock just a little bit uh but i mean he could you know if, if he's good enough for his pro day then you know he could do stuff there and you know, kind of sell uh, all
0: that stuff. So this came from Dane Bruegler, the athletic, also Warren mm-hmm. Ohio's finally finest. Um, I believe his report said that he was going to work out for teams closer to the draft. So yeah. he might miss pro day, is what it sounds like mm-hmm. as well. So unless he makes pro day, then you know, Dejean's gonna be half the guy that works out later. But I think this is on the other side of the coin, I think this is more damning for players that might fall into the Steelers, mm-hmm. like a Quignon Mitchell or uh, Kool Aid McKinstry or the other kid from Alabama, Arnold. Like, I, th- I think that's what I think this says more about that. And like, could, could Mitchell play even higher into the first round? Could Mitchell become the first corner taken or Arnold or McKinstry or Wiggins, the kid from Clemson? Like, I think that says more about those other guys and less about the gene. Cause I think people by this point know the gene's value. Mm-hmm. I think people by this point know the gene's tape and his athleticism and all that stuff. Like, combine testing, I think. Can, it benefits everybody, obviously, don't get me wrong. But I think combine testing and pro day testing, doing all of that, tries to separate the the middle of the pack from the top of the pack, so to speak. I think it's pretty clear that the gene's at the top of the pack when it comes to those first handful of cornerbacks. You yeah. know, when you, when you look at the gene, Mitchell, McKinstry, uh, Wiggins, and Arnold, mm-hmm. but it's just a matter of where he's going to slot in after pro day ends. I think
1: I think the one the one good thing uh we have to remember about the combine too and you know I'm sure you'll touch on this you know leading into the combine is the combine's not there for teams to figure out you know who which players you know stay, uh, separate from the rest or anything like that they already know they already know they've already done all their homework on these guys the combine is there for not only to meet with the players that actually probably is more the primary reason but it's there to kind of solidify and confirm what you kind of already knew and like, okay, we know Joey Porter jr's long arms are really long, but how long are they? And you get an exact measurement and everything like that. You get exact measurements on, you know, obviously speed, agility, strength, all all this kind of stuff. And you can actually point to a number and quantify, okay, Joey Porter jr has good length. Oh, how do you know? Okay. Well, he's got 34 inch arms. That's how I know, you know? And so it's just, um, yeah, that that's a, that's a good thing you'll you'll find out at the combine, and so that's why if Cooper DeGene doesn't doesn't test, which is, doesn't sound like he will, then yeah, some of those things might be still be a little bit more in question. But homework's already been done on him. Well, if this
0: plus, yeah. well keep in mind too, there's a lot of top prospects that'll go to the combine but not do half of the stuff that's on the on the docket. Some of them won't won't run forty yard dashes, or some of them won't bench press, or some yep. quarterbacks will not even throw. Mm -hmm. altogether there's some quarterbacks that are at the top of this class you know maybe Williams and May notwithstanding but like when you look at Knicks and McCarthy and Penix and these other quarterbacks some of them might not throw altogether and they'll just go to meet with teams and yeah it's I would say it's more about confirming suspicions and Mm -hmm. confirming beliefs and I think that if the Steelers have a plan which they will going into Indianapolis you know whether they're going to look and prioritize so to speak at offensive linemen or corners or linebackers or interior defensive linemen, then they're going to pick their picks out of that, so to speak, and meet with them and prioritize them. This is the time to do that. And let's say, you know, we all sit here and we love Jackson Powers Johnson, right? I think that's pretty consensus. You, me, those that are listening, we all love Jackson Powers Johnson as a potential for the Steelers. The Steelers met with them briefly at the Senior Bowl. Mike Tomlin gave Jackson Powers Johnson a handshake. After day one of practices at the senior bowl, Mm -hmm. what if they go to the combine, have a sit down meeting with him, have a sit down dinner with him and find out they don't like the guy and and they don't think he'll fit and they don't think he'll fit in that locker room. They don't think he'll fit in that system, in that program. That is very possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it's very possible and it does happen. That's why they have those meetings. That's exactly. It does happen. I think it's very important, which is which is a, a good point here from uh, Pittsburgh Toddy. Pittsburgh Toddy says, I can't spend time on mock drafts. Even those who are considered experts only get a few picks correct. Toddy, that's why if you look at last year, and this is true, if you look at last year in like, the mock draft circuit, I did one mock draft and one mock draft only, and it was the week before the draft started because everything was done by that point. I'm going Comb- to go
1: back and look at some of my mock drafts and see how I did.
0: I did one mock draft and one mock draft only because I, I I feel the same exact way in some cases. I think some mock drafts, when you do them the day after the Super Bowl, like they're just not going to be relevant or they're not going to matter by the time mid-April comes around. So I did one mock draft, one mock draft only. It was the week before the draft. I picked the Steelers to get Brian Branch, which in hindsight would have been a good pick. Uh, but obviously they traded up something we didn't foresee. I think I actually picked Broderick Jones to go to the Jets at 14. So, uh, or whatever pick that was, 15. So pretty close. Like, I I think right now at this point, it's just pure speculation. And it's, you know, talking to people and hearing, okay, they might go this direction or they might go that direction. Like, can you seriously sit here in the end of February and say, okay, Michael Penix Jr. picked twenty to the Steelers. Is that really a possibility when it's all said and done? Probably not. So that's why I'm going to wait until the middle of April to do my first one.
1: So I I did, I did a mock draft. I did my first mock draft in last year's circuit. uh, Let's see, February 9th. This is shortly after the senior bowl. Okay. And I had, I had Joey Porter Jr. going actually in the first round. So right team, wrong, wrong pick. And then I had Keanu Benton being drafted with the number 49 pick.
0: Check it out. So not bad. Would you have it 31? <laughs> Would you have it 32? Did you do that?
1: Uh DeWan Jones.
0: Okay. So I mean, 30. you got you you essentially got offensive tackle, cornerback and Benton. You got two of the players mm-hmm. right and you got the other position right. So good for you. Yeah. So good for uh, you. But that's But that's also knowledge obtained by being there and not by being, you know, 10,000 foot above and and nerd on the PC and not sitting in some office. You were actually boots on the ground at the senior bowl. Like Mm -hmm. after the senior bowl ended and seeing what Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan and everybody did. I sat there to myself saying, if they don't go offensive line, I'm going to be stunned. Like that's just because that's what they hammered the hardest down in Mobile
1: the the one of the players who who impressed me the most while I was at the senior bowl last year was Keanu Benton and so that's why even though I think at the time heading into the senior bowl he was projected to be a uh like a third a third round pick maybe even an early fourth I was like dude this dude's going to move up and he's going to become a second round possible second round pick mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened i mean, exactly to the point you know with what I mocked um I had it gets a little sloppy after that. Uh, third round, I had DeMar, uh, DeMar, uh, Overshone. Um, oh, they were going
0: to say Leal. I was like, wait. <laughs> no, no,
1: DeMarvian Overshone uh, out of Texas. Uh, then I had them go Trey Palmer uh, in the fourth round uh, at receiver, which the Steelers did not draft a receiver. I was banking on the fact that, okay, but they're going to take a receiver at some point,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: whether it be in day two or early day three, they typically do. And they didn't take a receiver at all last year.
0: Yeah, I think that changes this year. I think it's well. They also signed Allen if Robinson they, late. I think if they, they go Allen back Robinson to back late. years,
1: man, like that'll be that'll be shocking. <laughs>
0: I also think they signed Allen Robinson late too. Yeah, they, if my they, memory serves correctly. They
1: traded for him. Uh, or they traded, all, that's right. yeah, acquired him from the Rams. It was kind of late. That was either right before I think because like wasn't there like multiple things going on that day on the south side where you covered. Uh, the press conference with, uh, Tomlin and Omar Khan, that might've been the draft,
0: the pre-draft that, press conference.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, that same day, I think Alan Robinson met with the media. So you were covering the Tomlin Khan stuff while I was covering the Alan Robinson stuff.
0: That's possible. That's very possible, but it was very late in the whole like draft process. Yes. Um, and I think yeah. it did happen before, but it was late. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, think that, well, like, like when you read the tea leaves and everything, yeah. I think a lot of the value in like, if you want to give, if you want a mock draft for me, read what I wrote today. I think I gave you an idea of what I'm thinking the Steelers are going to be looking for in Indianapolis. And I gave you a handful of players at each position that I think are interesting to an extent. And a handful of players that I think are important to remember as mm-hmm. we go into Indianapolis. So, you know, I, I think just based on the senior bowl, if I was to put a mock draft together, I would have locked in Jackson powers, Johnson at 20. If, if, if you would have asked me to do a mock draft after the senior bowl, I would have looked at cornerbacks for the second round and wide receivers for the third and fourth round. Like that's where I would have gone. So I, I I didn't do one obviously, but that's like an idea. And I think a lot of the reporting is also indicative of how I feel the Steelers are going to proceed within the draft. When I'm thinking yeah. about inside linebacker to kind of go back to that point, I think the, the path that makes the most sense is the draft. I think when it comes to inside linebacker and defensive back, or, uh, excuse me, defensive line. I think the Steelers need to get younger in those positions. I looked this up today as I was doing my research for my story. The Steelers haven't picked the first-round defensive lineman since Cam Hayward. It was 2011, 13 mm-hmm. years ago. They haven't yep. picked the defensive lineman in the top 75 picks since Stephon Tuitt 2014.
1: That's well, the last time Keanu, they used the top Well, Keanu top and Benton last year. No, top 70,
0: but, Before Benton. Before Benton. Well, I was going to say yeah, before 70. Benton
1: because that was number 49.
0: The point is, they took nine years to do that. So they haven't done a lot in terms of selecting high-end defensive linemen early in the draft. They, They settled for guys like Leal and Loudermilk, and those guys haven't developed the way they wanted them to. I think that it's very possible within the first two rounds, within the first two days at maximum, the Steelers go in for a defensive lineman. It just makes the most sense to me. But also, I think they need to do the same at linebacker. I think they need to get younger at linebacker. I think they need to find a rookie that they like and that fits their system. And that can really build from that position because again, they went in for Devin Bush a few years ago to be that guy and that colossally flopped.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I mean, the the Steelers are always going to benefit more if they just go. And I, I, again, this just sounds like a cop out. It's going to sound like I'm copping out the entire time leading up to the draft. But just go flat out best player available, man, like like for real and if that means you take an inside linebacker in the second round, even though that might not necessarily be like it, and you might feel like it's a bit of a reach or something like that. if that's the player the Steelers feel like is the best player on the board, then that's who you take. you know th- th- there's there are very few positions on this roster in particular in which you're like, no, we're good. You know, even even running back, you could probably look at, you know, a, a late, you know, a, a, like a day three pick and be like, yeah, that could be a nice third guy behind Najee and Jalen Warren. I don't think there's any position that's just completely off limits sure. when you look at this roster. And so, yeah, if that means inside linebacker, you can add a guy who um, cannot just add quality, but possibly become an impact player on your defense, then you do it. Uh, You know, I just, you know, when you look at this, when you look at today's NFL and you look at how the position is valued in today's NFL and, and, and really defensive scheme does matter uh, with this as well. And the Steelers could benefit from that. I think they could benefit from having better production uh, there. And we kind of saw that like early in the season when Cole Holcomb was playing well and, you know, Quan Alexander was playing well and Landon Roberts was playing well and those three were all playing that, the middle of the defense didn't seem to be as uh, as vulnerable as it was. That after you know, obviously after Holcomb went down, then Quan Alexander went down, and now all of a sudden they're like, okay, yeah, now the middle. But that to me tells me that you don't have to invest a big hefty contract or even like a really bit or or try to reach for that position in like the second or third round just to address that position because there might be a better tackle, there might be a better cornerback, there might be anything else at a position that means a little bit more. Um, So it's definitely something that I think the Steelers need to entertain, but they're also obviously not in a position where they need to be. No, we're good. (laughs) They need to have a lot of
0: uh, options on the table. This comment from James is so refreshing. Getting a farrier, James farrier type free agent is worth paying for. Devin White is 26. We don't have to pay a quarterback big money for a while. That is absolutely refreshing to hear from the contrary of, go get cousins, go get fields, go pay the money. That's a very refreshing take, James, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I think of it this way, too. Um, uh, Let me put it to you this way. If Edron Cooper was available for the Steelers at 51 in the second round, provided the Steelers addressed the need in the first round, would you take Cooper at 51?
1: Um, it just depends. Or Trotter. It, de- it depends on who else. I don't know if I'd take Trotter that high. Um, it just depends on what else is on the board. Um, yeah. it, it really does because if, if, a, if a corner that was thought to be taken, um, and they, and they hadn't taken a corner by that by that, you know, by that, you know, if they didn't take a corner in the first round and w- somebody who was projected to be maybe be taken early in the second round is there. I might have to go with that or if it's a tackle or if, if they, if they got a corner in the first round of Zach Frazier still there for some reason, he's still there. I'm sorry. I'm not passing on a potential, you know, long, you know, future impact center. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible. It, it'd be, it'd be a name that, that I'd, I'd be, I, I would definitely have in the mix for sure. I mean, good size. Um, It was, I mean, arguably the best, off-ball linebacker in the country last year. Right. Um, So, again, like, not not opposed to it at all. Uh, Definitely be in the discussion 51.
0: This is where the the word value comes into play. Let's Mm -hmm. put it this way. Some value Jackson Powers-Johnson at 20 over Frazier at 51. Some value Frazier at 51 more than Powers-Johnson at 20, if that makes sense. And I think both sides are easily arguable. And I think you could say the same exact thing about Amarius Mims or Tyler Guyton or Quinion Mitchell or any of these other corners that we're talking about at Mm -hmm. 20. Does, does Cooper DeGene or Quinion Mitchell at 20 supersede the value of getting cornerback X at 51? Is it more of a risk? Absolutely. But, but at 20, you would be getting a surefire more than likely a surefire player of need At a different position. So with that said, if what's more valuable getting Jackson Powers Johnson at 20 and getting let's say it's let's say it's Trotter or let's say it's uh let's say it's Cooper, okay, Edrin Cooper Mm -hmm. at 51. What would you rather have? Would you rather have powers Johnson at 20 and Cooper at 51? Or would you rather have Mitchell at 20 and Frazier at 51? It's about weighing that value. And the Steelers are doing that. You know, what I say is is different opinion than what you're going to have and what the chat has. That's what the Steelers are weighing. These are the options they're all considering. And yeah, they're identifying their own needs in the process and figuring out exactly where those puzzle pieces are going to fit. Corky's research says we definitely are going to need another running back this year. It's funny enough, I actually was playing around with the uh, pro football focus mock draft simulator earlier. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed Frank Gore Jr. in the sixth round for the Steelers. Never know. Late day three, I mean, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round—you never know. That's depth. That's surefire depth there.
1: Okay, so here's a here's a question for you though. Okay, let's just say they take Jackson Powers Johnson, uh, you know, in in the first round. They they look out and get him in the first round, and then come pick fifty one. Cooper's there, but let's just say that Arizona's Jordan Morgan is available.
0: Okay, a tackle.
1: A tackle. Yeah. Left left tackle. I mean, exclusively left tackle. Probably projected to go earlier second round, but he's sure. for whatever reason he's still there. Just the way sure. the car, the, the way the draft fell. Like for me, I, I'm like I might have to go tackle at that point because number one, tackle is a more valuable position than inside mm-hmm. linebacker. Um, it, it's I think just, you
0: do too. Yeah, it's
1: it's just it's just you 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 have to. That's why you have to weigh not just positional value but also player value and obviously need has to go into there at some point but don't be like the one thing that i constantly see from fans and i understand like it's it's nothing like i think fans are just automatically thinking this way but it's like we have to take center in the first round we have to take tackle in the second round i have to take Mm -mm. this position Mm -mm. Like no, you you don't be married to that you don't go into into a into a draft with you have to take certain positions in certain rounds or even say it's got to be one of two positions or one of even three positions in the first round because you might think the most the three most obvious positions in the first round should be either center tackle or cornerback but what if i agree whatever reason some stud receiver is available at 20 and it's way better than any other position that's out there It's like Roma Dunze
0: is available, the kid from Washington.
1: Uh, It's just it's just something that you have to consider. You can't just pass on and say sorry, no, thank you. We have these needs that we have to address. That is what's gotten into the Steelers in so much trouble with recent drafts. Before last year, they you have to balance need with best player available. That is the absolute. That is when the Steelers have always drafted their best.
0: Right, and by the way what we value as the highest position to need and whatever that prioritization is could be different from what Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and all those that are designing the draft board think. <laughs> yeah. What if, what if, okay. You talk about getting powers, Johnson at 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if they get powers, Johnson at 20 and what if they decide that the next biggest priority is inside linebacker? Or what if they decide that it is defensive tackle? Like, do they go get Cooper or do they go get like a Tavondre sweat at 51? Or I agree with what you say, by the way, I think the first three picks in no particular order need to be center tackle cornerback. I think those need to be the first three picks in this draft, Mm -hmm. but all options should be on the table. Still that being said, let's say it's powers Johnson at 20. Okay. And you talk about the tackle from Arizona, right? If they go with the tackle from Arizona in the second round, that would mean they would be, I don't want to say pinned to getting a cornerback in the third round, but if those are the top three identified needs, then they would have to settle, quote-unquote, for a corner in the third round. So then the question becomes, is best available corner in the second round plus best available tackle in the third round, does that outweigh best available tackle in the second round and best available corner in the third round? That's what they're also looking at. So this chess match of the draft, like we could sit here and speculate until the cows come home about what the prioritization is and what the needs are and what who they should get and who's going to fit and all that but at the end of the day they they might have something in fact they're in fact they're likely going to have something that's way different than what we think and yeah. by the way they can't they can't force teams to do what they want them to do you know like who saw it? who saw it? the steelers trading up with the patriots of all teams to get <laughs> broderick jones last year yeah. who saw that coming nobody nobody sat here weeks before months before the draft and said it said that the Steelers were going to move up to 14 and snag Broderick Jones because they got intel that the Jets were going to take him. Like,
1: which by the way, my last mock draft that I had uh, going into, I had I did a, fir- a complete first round. I had Broderick Jones going to the Jets at 15.
0: I think yeah, I did too, yeah. actually, in my last mock draft. I yeah. think I did as well. And I th- and again I picked Branch because the Steelers needed a safety at the time. I I, th- I picked Branch of the Steelers at seventeen. Which I had them
1: taking the uh, uh, Nolan Smith out of Georgia at seventeen. That's why I had them. He
0: had a good year for Philly too. <laughs> Eagles do something with those Georgia guys up at the defensive line. Um, so so I think like okay, Tommy Farrell here says big fan of the show. Steelers defenses sure. always seem to have their winning ways. Shouldn't you address offense first? it has to start at the line. And by the way, in free agency, it'll start with whether Mesa Rudolph decides to come back to Pittsburgh or not Yeah. to try to keep the quarterback conversation low today. Like a lot of what's going to happen in the draft is going to be dictated by whether Mesa Rudolph resigns here or not.
1: Yeah. Um, l- listen, like w- when you talk about, shouldn't you address offense first? Like, again, that really just depends because, you know, I've, even, I've seen some people, you know, talk about, uh, you know, talk about Jor- uh, Jordan Morgan saying that he could possibly go in the first round. Uh, it's very, very possible. Listen, when you go, when you look at tackles, man, like tackle is a very, very valuable position in today's NFL. Uh, let's just go through PFF's big board here: Joe Alt, uh, Fashanu, uh, Fuaga, Latham, Mims, uh, Fuatanu, Barton. Uh, that, and Guyton. That's all in, in like the top 31 on their big board. You're not even, t- I mean, Morgan's the first guy who's out of the top, th- at, like what would be out of the first round? Like they're just, and tackles are like, you could see a run in which tackles just fly off the board, like fly off the, sh- like th- 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 they're just gone. And at that point it's like, okay, well now there might be a stud corner. Like it, maybe it is a, a Cooper DeJean Jean or, or uh, a Quinion Mitchell, or whoever else that, otherwise would probably not be there all of a sudden is there because everybody went tackle heavy in the, in, in, uh, you know, in the first round of the draft, it just, it, you have to, uh, you know, play off of what else is there. You can't just pigeonhole yourself and be like, we have to address offense. If it's not center, it's gotta be tackle. If it's not tackle, it's gotta be center. It's like, no, what if a like, again, what if a Quinion Mitchell, if you get Quinion Mitchell as everything looks right now at 20 to me, that's a win. Like that's a, that's a good player. Yeah, like a guy who showed at the Senior Bowl, he can keep up with big school guys. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. it just it just depends on how everything falls. You, the one thing we don't want to see from the Steelers at and, and no matter what is them reaching for certain players because they play a certain position.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't want another another Devin Bush situation happening
0: here. And, and quite frankly, Joshua brings that up here in the chat before we get out of here. As long as they don't go quarterback at twenty, I'll be happy, barring a miracle drop. I mean, like, what if? Jane Daniels slips to 20.
1: <laughs> Something went very, very does wrong.
0: The, does the plan change?
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, the I mean, does, process. I mean, does the plan change? What happens? What happens if that kind of situation happens? And like, what if this, okay, the Steelers are obviously going to do their homework on quarterbacks in Indianapolis.
1: Jane pr- Daniels is number 22 on PFS big board,
0: by the way. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if, Oh, and by the way, Turk, uh, says looking forward to Tuesday's interview. Omar Khan is doing a media scrum Monday with local reporters in Indianapolis. That is Monday at five 30 Eastern. So a little bit earlier, he's doing it with the local reporters. So those Mm -hmm. that are from Pittsburgh traveling there. So it's more of an exclusive, more of an intimate kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But then he's doing his big media scrum Tuesday. Yep. In Indianapolis. So
1: last year, so that they're changing it up because last year they had Omar meet us, the local reporters, like, early in the morning on Tuesday and then like an hour or two hours later, he did his big media scrum behind the podium at the combine. So, uh, um, yeah, that'll be, that's good. That that way, uh, Omar was sweating a lot too, man. Like he was just, he was, (laughs) well, he was in the, he was in the spotlight for like literally Uh, literally in the spotlight for like too long 30 minutes with us. And then probably another 30 minutes. Of, like that's an hour of being in a spotlight. That's a long time
0: in the, in the big bright camera light. That's just like over the head of the camera. You know, that's uh, that's tough to do. <laughs> that's tough to do for a whole hour. Kirk
1: Omar did not call me yesterday, man. I promise. Man.
0: <laughs> he I was promise. setting up the scrub. He was setting up the interview. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway. I
1: have that kind of power.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. DK and Ramon are coming up in about 25 minutes. We're gonna get out of here today. We'll join you tomorrow for a football Friday. Uh, anything to add before we get out, Chris? Uh, no, I got nothing of today. To honest. Uh, today,
1: I'm, 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 I honestly with everything we hit on today, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tapped out. Um, I, I'm sure tomorrow we'll do more since you'll actually be in Indianapolis on Monday. Um, we'll uh, depending on when you get there and everything like that. We might do a show from you know from Indy or or not, uh, but. If not, no, no big deal. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll hit on it. Uh, but either way, we'll we'll look a little bit more at the combine again. What the combine is really there for? Um, it's a fun time, uh, not just for fans, for reporters too. I had a blast in Indianapolis last year. It was so much fun. Uh, the food's phenomenal. You talk oh, about yeah. shrimp, shrimp cocktails at St. Elmo's. Can't beat it. Me, me personally, I, yeah. I I mean, I had some good food there. But I'll tell you what, man. The deep dish pizza at Giordano's. And I understand it's not Chicago, but Indy's not that far from Chicago. They there's some really good deep dish pizza there. And it was um whew. it was uh it was moi delicioso. it's it good.
0: I'm not a deep dish guy, so I might not oh. participate that. Not a deep dish guy. Oh. New York style, all day. Kidding I, me. I, Give me that thin slice, good fold. I'm in. I'll, I'll, have, guy. I just, I'll, not, have,
1: I'll have New York style one day, and I'll have Chicago, st- uh, Chicago style deep dish another day. And then a third day, I'll have Detroit style too. Um, here's
0: what, here's what I I'm like going to have. Sizes. I like Detroit style. I like Detroit style. I like an eight cut. I like a four corner. Don't get me wrong. Um, what I'm going to have is whatever my aunt slash uncle cook because I'm staying with them, and that's going to be nice. way better than anything I could potentially find downtown. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to some family time out there, too. It'll be nice. Um, all right. We will we'll keep in line with what's happening. Uh, again, Omar Khan Monday at 5.30 p.m., so definitely after this show happens. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens with my travel and when I actually get over there. So, uh, we'll keep a six we'll keep, hour drive. So, we'll yeah, keep so. things posted on that. I know, but it also yeah. depends on uh, when the door is going to be unlocked for me. So, for to speak. sure, for, <laughs> so, for sure. Uh, so, <laughs> sure, we'll get that settled. We'll get that settled, and uh, we'll be over in Indianapolis within the next few days. Here he's Chris. I'm Corey DK and Ramon coming up in about 20 minutes, right here. Where you found this, remember, you can find us on demand, podcast form audio only, where Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify are found, Apple App Store, Google Play all that fun stuff. Uh, Mike, I'm going solo. It's just me going to yeah. the combine. Uh, so I will be over there by myself. One man banding as much as I possibly can from the four day event. Uh, if you want to check it right now at DK you can find a little bit of a preview ish. Um, assessing the positions that I think the Steelers are going to be looking for at the combine or that the Steelers should look for at the combine really. And then a few names to get your head spinning around. Um, So look forward to that. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, as we are every Monday through Friday, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's Chris. I'm Corey. We will talk to you then. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one.